This morning we are continuing in the Lenten Thursday homilies focused on the raising of Lazarus. Today we come to chapter 11, verse 45. Hear the word of the Lord. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what he had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees called a meeting of the council and said, What are we to do? This man is performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and the Romans will come and destroy both our holy place and our nation. But one of them, Caiaphas, who was the high priest that year, said to them, You know nothing at all. You do not understand that it is better for you to have one man die for the people than to have the whole nation destroyed. He did not say this on his own, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus was about to die for the nation, and not for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. So from that day on, they planned to put him to death. The word of the Lord. Once again, oh God, we place our lives in front of your open word, asking that your spirit would do what only you can do, which is to carry this word into the deep and most protected corners of our hearts. We ask it in the name of the Savior. Amen. It's hard work being a Pharisee. It takes up all of your time. There's so many rules. You've got to get the theology just right. And you are constantly striving, striving because you authentically want to please God. So after spending your life doing this, the last thing you want is for someone to show up and start changing the rules. The Pharisees were startled when Jesus said that the whole law was fulfilled in loving God, loving your neighbor as yourselves. They were irritated when Jesus kept talking about the mercy and the forgiving love of God. They were threatened when they saw the passion these forgiven sinners had for following Jesus. But they were terrified when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So the chief priest and the Pharisees called a meeting of the ruling council. Of course they did. This is what religious people do when we're frightened. We have meetings. <laughs> what are we to do, they said. If we allow this man to continue on, everyone will believe in him. And the Romans will come and destroy our holy place and our nation. This is so striking to me that according to John, after the raising of Lazarus, there are really only two options available. You can now either believe in Jesus or you can be terrified of him. And those who are terrified 
are afraid that he's changing the fundamental narrative of their lives, a narrative that ends in death. Much of our society still assumes that's the fundamental narrative. You know what's going to end, so that determines what you do before you get to this end called death. Some use their fleeting years to accomplish as much as possible in the hopes of leaving a legacy. Others just try to cling on to the people they love before they make another trip to the cemetery. Still others just try to collect as much comfort or things or experiences as they can before life is done. But all of us live with this notion that at some point, someone out there is going to point at us, blow a whistle, and say, you, out of the pool. You're done. I have never met anybody who is agnostic about death. No one's ever said to me, you know, I really have a hard time believing in death. It's, we, <laughs> death we believe in. And not just the death of our bodies, but the death of relationships and careers and health and our dreams. All because we've accepted this fundamental life narrative that ends in loss. But what if someone came along who could defeat death? Well, according to John, some would believe and be thrilled with this good news. Others will be terrified. If Jesus had just comforted Mary and Martha when Lazarus died, people would have said he was just offering good pastoral care. If he had hurried to heal Lazarus before he died, people would have been impressed. But for Jesus to raise Lazarus from the dead, that's either great news or frightening news. It all depends on how you're doing with this narrative before death. It all depends on how you're doing with how it is. Well, how it was in first century Judea was not so great. Roman taxation was crippling. The people's freedoms and rights were severely curtailed. Caesar could demand whatever he wanted from the Judeans, and if they rebelled, his soldiers could come and destroy their holy place, which eventually they did. But the religious leaders were doing okay with how it was. The Sadducees were just worried about their chief priests and the temple and their wealth. And the Pharisees were just worried about holiness and not being contaminated by those who were not. Both of them needed the Romans for their mission in life to work out, to make sense. We get that. Because how it is is pretty good for most of us as well. We have family, friends, we have a future. We've got our theology worked out. We found other people who agree with us theologically. We draw a circle around us 
And we worry about the them who may be trying to take away our school or our church or our country. And we just want Jesus to say we're right. But Jesus wants to do so much more than say you're right. He wants to do so much more than prevent your unavoidable losses. He wants to do so much more than comfort you when you do find these losses. What Jesus wants is to give you a whole new life, an eternal life that begins from the moment of your baptism. Why would you settle for just trying to gain something that you're inevitably going to lose when you can, as of now, claim this eternal life that can never be lost? Life that is not an achievement, but a life that is an unfolding mystery by the grace of God. If Jesus can defeat death, there is no telling what your life can look like now, or who Jesus will bring into it. Notice that this text says that he died not just for the nation only, but to gather into one the dispersed children of God. Those who are dispersed from you, Jesus wants to introduce to you. He's not worried about boundaries. He's worried about a life centered in the grace of God, a grace that has room for all. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit.